been listening all night to uh, what's going on, but I can tell you that it's, it's good that we're having this because it's demonstrated that we finally are getting ourselves together on going forward with this issue that we're facing. However, let me make a recommendation. And that recommendation is that we start following the trend of waterworks, a critical infrastructure. Now, I choose that title because a critical infrastructure is governed by many, many rules that everybody here can look up and understand what it takes to operate, what are the protocols, how to put together an emergency response plan, who's responsible for it, and how quickly those reports need to go out. So you have the presidential director, which is 60, 63. You have the Homeland Security Presidential Directive, which is number eight. And then you have the New Jersey DEP Emergency Response Plan. All of them are fluid. Enough for us, the city of Trenton, to put together our own emergency response plan. Now I said the word, fluid. Fluid responds to you, President Zachary Chester, when you ask how quickly. Fluid means exactly that. If it's a threatening situation to our citizens, you have the authority to override and get that message out. You don't wait for a template. Never when you're talking about a critical infrastructure. Very specific on that. Disappointed that I did not see an organizational chart put up on one of those slides. It's a critical infrastructure. We need to know exactly who is where, who's in charge, and then also, who do we call first? Very, very, very basic information that's found on any emergency or critical infrastructure. How does that protocol work? If you are the governing body, you better believe you're on that. And I feel for you because I know the brunt force that you feel when people are so concerned about their safety and then the people that we rely on clearly don't understand the protocol. So that's, that's, that's that. We have a lot to go on understanding what exactly is happening with this emergency contract. Who is what we might call the contracting officer technical representative who represents the city who's going to be overseeing that project, subject matter expert. And it cannot be the business administrator. And it cannot be the director, because they won't have enough time. We need to be very selective in understanding that that person is an individual who understands clearly what that's being done and can report back to us on the level of quality of that work being performed. Very standard process. Also, they're responsible for progress reports back to you on deliverables. We need to ensure the public that we are responsible in spending their money. Because the people always want to know how are you spending more money. Do we have enough or are you going to hear change orders because it's not being watched over? We don't know the answer to that question, right? So we need to make sure that we do that. Uh, I don't know what's in my notes too, because it's a lot. But I think 
What we want and what we're all looking for is a procedure that we put in place that can help us help our people. And when I say us, I mean everybody sitting up here and anybody that has anything to do with the operation of the facility. And then people who might get a phone call because they might know two or three people, right? Even heads of families. Your children might call you, your parents might call you, somebody might call you and ask you what's going on. You can't talk to them if there's not a clear protocol in place. Critical infrastructure and the categories of those critical infrastructures are very specific. There's 16 sectors. We should know that. We should also know how far and how many components connect that critical infrastructure. That's very basic information that any leadership should know. Any leadership should know. And they owe you that information. I would ask that you ask them that question. You know, I think it's unacceptable that they would not know. You asked them a very clear question. How many people do you have in your organization? Well, you know, let me see. There's a custodian. There's a, it's too late. Too late. We need a clear organizational chart that says this is what we have. If you have 77, 88, I think you alluded also that there's rumors in the streets. Kill the rumors. Know what you're talking about when it comes to the critical infrastructure. If you know that and you have the right people, how do you know that hiring, however many people they're hiring, is enough? You ask that question. How do you know it's enough? What is the industry standard of how many T4s do you need running this type of installation? You should know that. They should know that. Because if not, you're just running in place. And then they'll come back to you and say, we need more money. But if it is, then it makes them look good. That's all. I'm providing advice on how everybody can communicate clearly. And listen, if you're providing water services, critical uh, supply of water to your, to your local neighbors, other governments, they are clear to hear any information that happens with that facility immediately. They should be on the, you should already have a council of those mayors included in the diagram of that critical infrastructure that says anytime something happens, you contact my council and you contact these mayors immediately. Not only that, someone said here earlier that they should talk to first responders. Because not only are they going to have low pressure with water, what happens if you have a water crisis and people get to the streets, right? There's a lot that goes on on how to govern, protect, and operate this critical infrastructure. I'm happy that you did this, uh, uh, Councilman Duncan Harrison. Uh, it's, it's a good thing. Uh, everyone is asking good questions. I'm happy that uh, Merkel Terry and his staff came out tonight, and uh, I thank you very much.
somebody mentioned fire departments and hospitals, I'll also mention schools as well. I'll also mention institutions. Folks don't have any choice there. And that's our jail, that's Ancline, that's all those structures, the court system, all that. None of them knew either. So what are those folks supposed to do? Um, frankly, I'm more concerned than I was when I started listening to this because Director Cherry, with respect, when every answer you provide has to either be deferred to somebody else or deferred to get information for a later date. It does not give confidence that you, as the head person of all this, has any idea what's happening. And you want us as citizens to accept that you don't know what happened in the last two incidents, that you have to go research it to bring it back to council. If that's the case, you knew this meeting was set two weeks ago. With respect, if you don't know those answers that are basic questions, Not one that I can find. 
Um, there's also, according to one of those slides, or something that was said, some administrative positions. Surely those could be filled. Those don't require tech knowledge and certifications and all that. How are those open? How many actual TWM, I'm sorry, Training Works employees were here? I think there were six I counted. None but two, maybe three, besides that it was important enough to stay with them. Or were requested or ordered by the church to stay and listen and maybe learn something, or at least hear something that might help them. When you ask how many people were actually employed, first off, I have no understanding that we don't know that at least as of January 1st, you know, there are just many employees. This is how many are I think I heard a total of 16 as you know, kind of counted through and whatever. Um, why is there not a full listing of open positions on both the Trenton City website and the TWW website? That to me is just a basic, anybody looking for a job. Okay, we don't have to pay for monster, we don't have to pay for career builder or whoever. List them on the subject, never mind. That I can find. My overall concern comes down to an absolute, from what I can see, lack of accountability to y'all, and more so to us. And, and that petrifies me. If you have a template, Mr. Chester, you described it perfectly. There's a template. That should mean the only thing that has to be changed on the darn thing is the date, which they didn't get that part right. But a template is a template. It's a boiled water advisor. It says the same thing every time. How can it take, I believe, eight hours for DEP to say, yeah, that template's okay to use. We have to reread it, rewrite it, redo whatever. That should be Thank you for your time. Thank you for having us. I appreciate it. Mr. Kevin Moriarty. Good evening, Mr. President, Council Members. Kevin Moriarty, three of them are on the track. I also want to say thank you for the presentation. Uh, it's a good thing we have election every four, elections every four years, so we can have presentations like this right before. Another thing I want to respond to is uh, what Mr. Cherry has said tonight, and the mayor has also said, that through a lot of, all of the temporary problems or the continuing problems, water has been safe. That may be true, but that's not because you're good, it's because you're lucky. And this utility cannot depend on luck much longer. And I think we're finding this out. Um, I agree with Mr. Perez that one thing I did, uh, had expected to see uh, as part of a presentation like this, especially a presentation that uh, was known for several weeks, was an organizational chart. There's also a, a couple of other things that were missing in this presentation. We saw two slides that showed that uh, the, the uh, utility has spent $41 million in capital spending over the last four years and plans another $60 million over the next five. That's great. There was another slide that said, yeah, we're, we're, we're bond funding, we're getting some environmental infrastructure loans. Not one of you, not, it wasn't included in any of the presentation, and 
seen an income statement for the Trenton Waterworks. You have a fiduciary responsibility to the Waterworks, not only for the people of Trenton, but for the people of Mercer County. If, in a, in a basic summary presentation like this, you, you don't know how much money the, the, the uh, Waterworks is bringing in every year, that's a big problem. In addition to the operational problems at the uh, water, at the filtration plant, and at the reservoir, I'll just say what hasn't been mentioned tonight too, the back office is really screwed up. Billing for uh, water service has been erratic, inconsistent, and I don't know what that means to the, to the balance sheet. I don't know how, many, uh, how much money uh, the, the city is not paying because you're not billing for it. One other slide I wanted to point out, a very, very revealing slide. Uh, it was the uh, pie chart that showed the breakdown of lighting by decade, the number of miles uh, of lighting of pipe over the decades. In the 1970s, we saw 32 miles uh, of pipe lined. In the 1980s, a little more, 38 miles. But in the 1990s, only 11. And in the 2000s, 18. We're doing better on this case. We've got uh, 34 miles from, two, uh, from 2010 to 2017. What happened in the 90s and the 2000s that, that led to, that, to, to the, the, the almost half the activity taking place? Uh, is it that all of the work crews were doing work on the side while they were on the city payroll? I don't think it was all of them. Numbers like that that we saw can only be ascribed to a deliberate policy begun under the Palmer administration, continued to the present day, of starving the waterworks of capital, of operations money. It's a it's very profitable utility. I mean, there is a $12 million surplus. You could spend a little more on capital. You could certainly spend more on salaries. That should not be an argument made about the Trenton Waterworks that we can't afford the salaries. Salaries are low in the city of Trenton. Again, this waterworks serves Mercer County. There's a quarter of a million people that depend on this for clean water. If the city of Trenton has been starving the utility of capital funds, of staffing, of low salaries for the last close to 30 years, that's all on the city of Trenton. That's all on the current administration. That's all on city council. In the last administration, you knew of at least one employee who was working for the mayor in the mayor's office who was on the payroll of the waterworks. Are there others? I don't know. Do you? We don't. Starving waterworks of capital and operating money, putting city employees on the waterworks payroll, all of the kinds of shit that's been happening for the last 30 years, we are now seeing the inevitable result of. I hope we have a turnaround here, but it's not going to happen unless you guys insist on organizations. You guys insist on seeing the financial statements. And it's not going to continue unless you tell us what's happening. Thank you. So my name is Sylvia, and 
your testing should cover you. So you add that to your last known test. So it's three hours between the time that it's going to get to that customer, and your last testing should be within that three-hour time period. So those are the questions that I would like to have seen in this presentation. So how long does it take for that bad sample or questionable sample to reach the first customer? And does our testing cover that time period? Thank you very much. Uh, 
I serve on the planning board. One of our planning board members is a member of the water team at DEP. So not having anybody here from DEP is frankly frustrating and, and unacceptable. I heard, I, I'm sorry that I was late, so I missed some of the conversation, but I think you know one of my last points would be about capital investment and the fact that uh, it's been insufficient uh, and there's not enough detail about how we are uh, replacing the infrastructure in the city to make sure that situations like 30 water main breaks, even if the temperature is extremely cold and that's going to happen regardless, uh, it shouldn't be happening on the frequency it's happening. The, the failures that are happening are not acceptable to me as a resident to, and I think to most people who showed up here tonight. Uh, and lastly, I wanted to reference something that Mr. Perez said about emergency planning. So, I'm the executive director of the Work Environment Council. We focus on rights and no issues. And we did a research report in 2016, access denied. We requested the city's emergency response plan and we were denied access. I think this is a really important point. By federal law, EPRA, Emergency Planning and Community Response Act, the city of Trenton must have an emergency response plan. And by federal law, it should be accessible to members of the community. Yet, when we requested it, we were denied. I would encourage council to really look into the emergency planning process because, frankly, the communications process that we're talking about here should be addressed in your emergency response plan. And the fact that we either don't have one, or it's outdated, or what we know is that we don't have access to it, is inappropriate, and frankly, it's in violation of federal law. Thank you.
you're worried about at the end of the day, when you're worried about my order, my baby's drinking order, you're worried about your picture on an internet with a great drink. That's all you care about is your reputation. Am I wrong? Uh, am I wrong? Tell me what else you care about. What else, what else do you care about, Mr. Chester? Let me ask you another question while I'm up here. I, I, I speak for this water issue from experience. My husband is a licensed water operator for a different county. Is Mr. Cherry a licensed water operator as the director? Is he, Mr. Chester? Let, let me ask you again. Mr. Usual, do you know? Is Mr. Cherry a licensed water operator? He's not. He is not. So the fact that he answers his phone at 1.30 in the morning, that makes it okay. That makes it okay for him to collect his $100,000 plus paycheck. It does not. My husband's phone rings at 1.30 at 6 o'clock at dinner time. At 6 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. And guess what? Every single time it gets answered. What would happen if it didn't get answered? He would not have a job. Mr. Cherry, you all should have asked tonight. Mr. Cherry should be forced to resign. Anything other than that, this meeting is nil. This meeting is 9 o'clock and a waste of everybody's time. Because guess what? Not one thing happened. Other than the fact that we learned that you can't even fit. They'll add a template the right way. So now tomorrow, when this all hits the paper, and guess what? Trent looks incompetent again. And what, so, and what do you do to make Trent continue to be incompetent? You drop the residency, residency requirements. So now to get a good paying job, you don't even have to be a citizen. You're not drinking, they're not drinking the water. What do they care? Their babies aren't drinking the water. Unbelievable. Pay less attention to your reputation, Mr. Chester. What people say about you, you're a politician. You're supposed to have that thick skin. And if you don't have it, either grow it or get a different job.
there are jobs that they can stay right here in the city and acquire, then that means they make you a different lens to academic excellence in terms of the city. And the new high schools going up is going to be bringing back vocational trades. Trenton really has all that it needs in the city. We simply have to start using it, tapping into it, and doing the work. Somewhere along the line, somebody told that you can just get somewhere without doing the work. You have to put the grind in. And if we're wondering what's wrong with the children, just look at the